The first reading is Psalm 19 and can be found on page 510 at the front of the Church Bibles. A Psalm of David. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. And do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for our Gospel reading, which is taken from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, and can be found on page 3 at the back of the Church Bible. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. The Temptation of Jesus Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. 
Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve, him, serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Do please be seated. Privileged to welcome uh, visitors in our midst today and of course the regular friends from our congregation here, 9.15 at All Saints. Always a privilege to preach and particularly uh, even so on Bible Sunday uh, where the Bible should be opened and presumably preached from every pulpit. Sadly it's not the case uh, always in every church but certainly here while I'm vicar. Uh, that will be the case, but a greater responsibility surely is mine for opening the scriptures now. It's on page 510. We're going to look in detail at Psalm 19. And so that these words don't just kind of waft over us and we've heard another sermon, but actually God speaks to us in our life here and today, uh, please join with me and pray that the Spirit who inspired the pages of Holy Scripture will inspire us even today on Bible Sunday 2023. Let's pray. Father, may the words of our mouth, the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Perhaps a sub-theme other than the fact it's Bible Sunday and the Word of God is Gloria. And I personally approve of the effort, particularly today, the choir have made to refresh the Gloria, easy for you to digest without the death cant. Uh, maybe one day we'll get back to the glory in all its glorious form. But glory is what we're on today. And if you think about the Christmas season that's coming up, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Speaking of Jesus Christ, people saw him and his glorious presence, the Son of God. And very, very challengingly, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that we all with unveiled faces reflect the glory of God. I don't know how much oil of you lay you put on, but actually if you look at each other, sometimes you're meant to reflect with unveiled faces the glory of God. Well, there's a thought. But notice how Psalm 19 starts. It's a psalm all about God's Word, hence for today, Bible Sunday. Psalm 19, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. So the psalm starts. You look at the world around and you should see something of the glory of God. That's the first part of the psalm. The next part of the psalm transitions almost seamlessly, but it's quite abrupt from verse 6 onwards. And now the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. You have the glory of the Lord, not just in the choir and in our faces and in Jesus Christ. You have the glory of the Lord in the world. You have the glory of the Lord in the Word. 
So let, without further ado, let's look at the glory of the, the word in the first part of Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God. Day after day, they pour forth speech. I can't read this particular psalm without reflecting on the poem written by uh, Gerald Manley Hopkins. I recognise poetry is not everyone's cup of tea, but this particular one does read nicely and should be understood. He's one of the greatest poets uh, in the English tradition, was a priest, also a Jesuit. And whilst this is not an English uh, literature uh, sermon, perhaps reflect when he was writing how he was really feeling about all we were doing to God's world in the Industrial Revolution. I'm sure you'll know the first line. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from shook foil. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil, crushed. Why do men then and now not wreck his rod? Generations have trod, have trod, have trod. And all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil. And wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. The soil is bare now, nor can foot feel being shod. And for all this nature is never spent. There lives the dearest freshness deep down things. And though the last lights of black west went, O oh morning at the brown brink eastward springs, because the Holy Ghost over the bent world broods with warm breast and are with bright wings. Hopkins sees most of the muck, the grime and the sludge and the soil in what we've done to God's world. And still it happens today. But he also sees with crystal clarity what the psalmist saw. As you look at the world, you look at these, the heavens, the beautiful world God has made, something of the grandeur of God. Although he doesn't use this word of the glory of God. Notice the image of the resurrection. The springs, the Holy Ghost bringing forth bright wings. One famous Christian writer given to the life of prayer, the great Thomas Merton, said that in prayer you can actually take photographs of God's world. And as you're looking carefully at what you see, glimpses of grandeur and glory, be it a cobweb glistening with dew, being at a butterfly that's there one moment and gone the other. Maybe it's a vista that you see rather than just seeing it and walk on. Myrtle would say in prayer, gaze, take a photograph, pray and reflect on God's world and the word displayed there. God's word first in the world. God's word secondly this might come as a surprise, within the word itself. 
You have the word of God in the world, if only your eyes were open to see it, but we also have the word of God within the word itself. Notice, if you will, the phrase word. God wants to speak. He wants to speak to you. He's communicable. We have got ears to hear. Our spirits are made that we can hear what God is saying. This is not just another book. It's the means by which the word is spoken to us today. I can make a very good case out that probably the most famous theologian of the post-war years has done much, if not principally the main thing, to encourage church growth in the last few decades of this uh, century. And he wrote, it's not that we read the Bible, but the Bible reads us. Of course you can read it. Of course you can reflect on it. But if you want God's word, if you want God to come and speak to you, we also have to at some time, at some place, allow what we read here to read us, to be God to us, to speak to us. Notice how refreshingly this person, this writer, this psalmist, reflects on the word in the word. How precious to me are your thoughts. Verse 7, it revives me. Verse 7 again, it makes me wise. Verse 8, it rejoices me. Verse 10, I desire them. Notice how positive these things are. Is this your experience of reading the Bible? Of course there are some tut-tuts. By then is your servant warned. Oh, I'm reading this. I need to watch that. But by and large, these words are meant to be given to us through the Scriptures to inspire, to revive, and encourage us. The Word of God in the world, don't just hurry by, reflect and let God speak to you. The Word of God in the written Word, the Bible itself. Pause and reflect, and as you read, don't just think to yourself, well, that's for him, or that's for her, or if only the younger generation would experience that, or if only the older generation would get a grip and get up to date. Read the Word, and let it read you, bringing comfort, solace, warning, and direction. Back in the day, I remember a, an elderly Christian minister bemoaning the fact and that this is not a chide against people with problems who come forward for prayer, because I hope there'd be a great long stream of them this morning. Actually, it's good to have people praying for you. But he sat and listened to kisses, one of these major conferences, must be 30 or 40 years ago. People he was sitting and listening to, he listens to their problems, he prays for them. Then another group of people, he listens to their problems, pray for them, off they go. And then he reflected after hundreds of these, probably I'm bigging this up a bit, but you know what I mean, he saw a lot of them. And he thought, when I was a younger person, I wouldn't be talking about those things. What I would be doing is, is looking in the Bible and saying, well, this is what it says there about this, 
And, and that's what it says I need to do in order to cope with what I'm feeling at the moment. I'm not against therapy. I'm not against praying. I'm not about c- against confiding. But what the Bible is there wanting to do to speak to us about how we are. Do you take whatever it is you're struggling with to the scriptures? Do you read it? Do you think about it? Do you ask for God to speak to you? The word of God in the beauty of the world. The word of God in the pages of Holy Scripture. There's no problem, there's no situation, there's no life circumstance, however bitter, however tragic, however complex, that's not addressed within the Word of God. If He loves us and wants to communicate to us and all He wants to teach us is in here, well, it's got to be there for the taking. The Word of God in the world, the Word of God in the Word, and the Word of God... In you and I, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is a psalm. It could be a piece of English literature. It's there within the sacred page. It could be an interesting, fascinating piece of writing about the Old Testament. But it was originally inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to take the people of God when we read it and bring us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the word of God in the psalm particularly is a prayer. Of course you can hear it preached as you're doing so today. Of course you can hear it read as we have done already. Of course you can read it yourself. But what it's designed to do is to be prayed yourself to be lived yourself. And as you do that, so the Word of God is formed in you. It dwells in you richly. The Word of God comes to you, the Word of God is Jesus Christ, and is formed in you, and then with unveiled faces, you might reflect the glory of God, who's Jesus Christ, who you've been reading about, who's been inspired in the Scriptures, that comes to you from the Word, is formed in you, and is reflected from you. Do you get the point? It's not just another book. It's God's Word coming to you in Jesus. This is brilliant. I... um, I get heartbroken if I hear stories of children being abused. I would often have a tear in my eye. Many of us are heartbroken over the terrible situation in the Middle East, the land where the Saviour was born. How many people are heartbroken because there's a famine for the Word of God in our country, in your life? Because the Word of God is not just on the page. The Word of God is not just, I've had a sermon today. The Word of God is Jesus Christ coming to you through his living and active Word of God. A prayer formed in you that we might with unveiled faces reflect Jesus. Because Jesus has come to us. Perhaps a sermon or two or ten for another day, but psalms are rightly read in couplets. 
and Psalm 19 pictures God in the world, in the Word, it should be in our lives, but it's coupled with the one just before, Psalm 18, which starts like this. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. It's a psalm of salvation. And now you have at the conclusion of Psalm 19 a bookend, as it were, of that very famous verse that could well be a motto for our lives. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So Psalm 18 starts, I love you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So Psalm 19 ends, may you, Lord, be my rock and my redeemer. What I think about, what I speak about, may it be pleasing to you, may it reflect you. The Word of God in the world, the Word of God in the Word, and the Word of God in our lives. May it dwell within us even this day richly as the Spirit's at work. Open the sacred page, read it, mark it, learn it, inwardly digest it, and may Christ be formed in each one of us, in whose name we pray.